Hello. Welcome to Dish Knows Nothing. I'm Michael Dishno. Sometimes we'll talk about stuff, and other days we'll talk about things. Some days we're just going to talk about what's on my mind. This is a warning. Thank you for listening. Oh my goodness. I don't want to break the fourth wall often on this. Uh, in fact, I want to try to my best to keep it kind of elusive of the times that I'm recording these and so on. But um, today is a day after the first episode of Dish Knows Nothing came out. And I can't even begin to express how grateful I am and like honestly just how humbled I am with like how much love and awesome feedback I got from so many of you guys I honestly put out the first episode and I was like cool about 10 people 20 people might listen and be some good inside jokes and so on but I got so many compliments and so many just like direct messages and text messages from friends and family even um my heart is so warm and full (laughs) just from all the love from you guys. And, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. And you know what, if you're listening to this, like even more so just another big thank you for seeing the podcast and, and listening. It truly means so much to me. And I honestly, I, uh, wouldn't be doing this without you. So I really do appreciate that. Um, and that was just the first thing I really had to get out of the way. In fact, uh, I wasn't really planning to record today or, or uh, even recording this episode because I was going to have another episode that I had lined up. In fact, it would be worth mentioning at the end of the last episode, I was saying that we were going to be going to uh, talk about um, 100 minute seconds. That is going to be pushed back one more episode. Um, I think that my next episode here is going to have a guest and we're going to be talking about that. And in fact, that that topic I wanted to talk about with this guest specifically. So I'm not going to spoil it this episode. I'm going to save it for the next episode. Um, But I do have some awesome things to talk about today. In fact, um, I think these are some pretty cool topics that I just uh, were impressed on my heart today. And uh, (laughs) I just have to talk about them and and, uh, share my thoughts. And hopefully uh, you guys uh, like it. And uh, of course, as always, I love to hear your thoughts. uh, So many people responded to me about some of their thoughts of the things that we were talking about um, from the first episode already. And I love to see it. I uh, even more so love to be it. And so any thoughts uh, from these podcasts of things that I just throw out to you guys, please, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, Text me if you got my number, DM me on uh, Instagram if you got that. And, you know, even email me if uh, that's your vibe. But um, I kind of want to get a few introduction things out of the way, uh, some more expectations that I just kind of want to throw out there. And then, um, We'll continue on from there with some of the topics that we have today, but one of the first things I got to share, um, so actually some of the feedback that I got was from my sister, Alicia, um, the mother to three of my nieces and, um, the oldest one being eight years old. Her name is Peyton. Um, so my sister hits me up. She texts me and she says, um, pineapple on pizza, not my favorite, but it's a sweet, salty thing. Uh, Peyton my niece, was all angry, in quotes, (laughs) pineapple is so good on pizza. Um, 
and then my sister threw in there, uh, give me a heads up if your nieces shouldn't listen. <laughs> so um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. I love to see that my nieces are listening and I love to see that they're uh, also engaging because I love to see engagement from everyone. And uh, just uh, that participation factor really uh, is, is one of the, my favorite things so far about even just this first episode. And so I'm gonna say it. Um, I'm gonna do my best to make this a niece friendly uh thing um uh podcast and uh for perspective my oldest niece Peyton she's eight the other two are even babier than that so um you know I'm gonna be keeping it clean I'm gonna keep the topics as uh relatively clean as possible just uh you know whatever we're talking about but I love to see that and you know what Peyton keep it up um but yeah, I just had to share that because I was super stoked and uh, wanted to set the, have the precedent of some of the content and some of the way that the content is uh, conveyed. Um, from there, I do want to express some gratitude to the sponsors of the, today's episode. Um, today's episode sponsors are Juliana and Sam. Um, you guys are the realist. The uh, day that the podcast came out, you guys were all like, we're listening to it listen to it let me know like asap and hit me up like immediately with your thoughts and so that was super appreciated um if you guys are sponsoring this episode today uh, i'm just so excited to see what you guys are gonna get me and and uh, send my way uh for that but um another sponsor here's a little uh uh reverse engineering of sponsorship i'm just gonna say it i don't know if there's rules on this uh, if there are i'm so sorry but uh, uh here's one of my 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 hopeful hopeful sponsors is stance um, I have a lot of your guys' socks and I love to rep them and I will literally, uh, do my best to convince other people to get them if that's how that works. Um, in fact, uh, I'm going to go count my songs real quick. Okay. Evidently I didn't do them that quick. That was a quick cut, but, um, my, uh, well, I have 44 and two half pairs of socks, um, that are currently clean. I will say I do probably have dirty socks and they're getting washed and all that good stuff. But, um, I also, I say two halves because the two halves of socks don't always make a hole because they don't match. Um, that's never stopped stance before because you know, you can wear mix and match, but I'm definitely a bit of a matcher. Um, but I have a ton of socks. I pretty much only wear stance at this point. I even have like white stance socks just cause sometimes I got to have white socks, but I want them to be stance. If that's how sponsorship works, please uh, I love you guys. I will rep all day. Um, moving on the song of the day. Honestly, I'm so stoked that the first song of the day was, uh, Kung Fu fighting and it was such a hit. And so many people were, you know, reposting with that song and they were just like, I just had to listen to it and think of you. And I was like, Oh, that's it right there. That is it. I am listening to these songs and listening to you guys. So today's song of the day is best of my love by the emotions such a great song, such a good feeling. And it's just because I'm sending the best of my love to you guys for all the support and everything that you guys have had for this podcast and me. So thank you. I hope you guys enjoy the song. Hope you listen to it. Think of me. I'll be thinking of you. Um, today's first topic. Um, if you haven't quite noticed, I'm talking really fast. Um, I had a lot of coffee today. Um, I actually had, um, kind of like three times the amount that I typically have. I had my first morning cup uh, at home that I make, and then I had some um, from the coffee shop where uh, nearby where I work, which was absolutely delicious. Um, get my classic uh, 
large lavender latte without milk and it was just fantastic um and then um i made myself an espresso and i actually even pulled the espresso shot myself and it was dense i have so much coffee in me i am so pumped up i'm literally like jazz and i'm seeing in 3d i'm seeing full color like it's it's a trip um honestly i have to say coffee and me have not always been good friends and that's actually the first topic i was going to talk about because i know like some people like really love coffee and they have it every day and like uh i even have friends who are like yeah i love coffee but it like makes me feel so 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 sick all the time and i get that um actually uh this isn't the episode we'll go into all uh you know the sharing of my health issues but um i've definitely had some issues with coffee and how it sits in my stomach and how it even makes my body react in fact um, there's been days that I've had too much coffee that I've had to like go home sick from the place of my work. Um, because like it affects my body so much, like I'll be shaking, I'll be like absolutely losing my mind. Um, if I have too much, I will say I am, I'm pretty much cured of that and I'm, uh, doing a lot better. Um, coffee though is so good. And, uh, it, it, it used to affect me so much to that point where it was like, I, I didn't have any. And I actually, uh, ended up having to like switch to tea for a long while. Cause it's a little less caffeinated, I believe. And, um, eventually tea started messing with, with me in a, in a very similar way, just cause it was even still too much caffeine. Um, and ever since I did some of the treatment that I've done, um, from some of the more holistic doctors, like, um, it's, it's a night and day difference that I can have the amount of coffee that I had today. And, you know, I'm jazzed. I'm definitely energized. I probably will not sleep well the night because I had it after, uh, the 12 o'clock hour in the middle of the day. But, um, coffee is, is wild. I think, uh, there's a lot that kind of can be derived from the subject of coffee. Whereas like, you know, there's a lot to the science of coffee. Um, you know, you can dive in of, dark roast, medium roast, light roast, and what they all mean. And, um, I feel like when I've kind of looked into it, I found even like, there's not too much difference in the caffeine levels from them, but then like, you'll hear that there are, um, quick side note, uh, not really a side note cause it's still about coffee, but, um, for those of you that I don't know, I am of Peruvian descent. Um, so my mother is from Peru and I think one of the biggest bummers in my life is that I'm not a fan of Peruvian coffee. Um, all the Peruvian coffee that I've tried tastes burnt. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the Peruvian coffees that I have had, but it just like tastes burnt. And it's not like the good coffee burnt where you're like, oh, this is a good cup of coffee. Cause I can actually, I enjoy like a, just a straight up black cup of coffee. Um, if I'm feeling crazy, I'll put sugar in it or I'll, I'll just put some like uh, oat milk or something. But like black cup of coffee of like most Peruvian beans that I've had have not been fantastic. And it really bums me out because there's something, you know, um, for those of you who are cultural, there's something about like where your bloodline is from, where it just kind of like sits with you and you're like, yeah, I want to rep that. I want to, I want to align with that. And I want to be able to be like a part of that and, and just experience the culture and appreciate the culture. I'm going to throw it out there. If you've had good Peruvian coffee, please let me know because I would be so down to try it um, just to see if it's good because I've been really let down by most of them that they're not that great. Um, I think uh, right now I just have like, what is it? Like Pete's coffee, the random stuff from like 
Ralph's and it's pretty solid. It's a, it's a good cup of Joe. Um, but it, it's, you know, not my favorite. It's no espresso beans that will blow your mind. <laughs> um, but, uh, that was a, a long tangent and I, I don't know where I came from, but you know, talking about coffee and realistically, uh, coffee's good. Coffee will change your life. I think it's one of those things I've, I haven't experienced until more recently, like, you know, those, those, uh, <laughs> what are they? the hand towels that like don't talk to me till I've had my coffee I think uh, I'm not that extreme I can definitely like interact and go the morning without coffee for a little bit um but like once I've had my coffee it's typically like go time at that point like I am ready to go just like go through the day and crush it and uh you know coffee is good coffee is is a stellar thing um I also love to make coffee um I actually uh volunteer at my church with like the coffee cart and uh we make some espressos and that's where i, I made my own espresso um uh, latte and made it real good it was actually like churro flavored shout out to christine um that churro flavored uh, latte was fantastic uh with the shot that i pulled it was so dense and now i'm absolutely jazzed but um making coffee is cool i think the crazy part with making coffee is there's like a lot that kind of goes into it if you want there to be um for me i'm kind of like i'm the type of person that i really like to do simple tasks that are repetitive um i've had some fast food jobs where it's just like do steps one through four a thousand times today and like i excel in that because it's simple and i can kind of turn off my mind and just do it and do it well and for me kind of like helping make coffee um in, in the, the part that I do it. Cause I'm not like taking orders and writing down drinks and stuff. I'm just kind of like, look at cup. What does cup need? Put that thing that it needs in cup. Now move on. And, uh, I think that's something really cool. I don't know if you guys ever made coffee. I would highly encourage it like to make it in such a way, or, you know, I have to admit like my dream is to work at a coffee shop. Um, you know, who knows, maybe one day I'll just own a coffee shop and go all out. But, um, I would love to work at a coffee shop where I could just like make coffee and be some cool trendy dude all day. Cause that would be like totally fun. Um, I think because I need a different job, um, that is where I am <laughs> as vague as I can be. Um, but coffee shops, I think they're cool. I'm going to throw it out there for one of those other things that I'd love to hear from you guys about. Um, favorite coffee shops. I live in, yeah, I'll say it. I live in South Orange County. There's good coffee shops around here. Let me know. I would love to go try their latte. Uh, if they got a lavender latte, I'll even try that. If they got a caramel latte, I will try that. Um, coffee's good. And uh, now that it doesn't mess with my stomach as much, I'm so about it. Moving on. The next topic um, that I have, I feel like I actually just got kind of jazzed about it today because, um, of course, when you have nondescript job number one, like I do, yeah, you have a commute. You take the same routes day in and day out. That's exactly how it is. I want to talk about traffic etiquette. In fact, I need to look something up because I was going to confirm this, and I remember it from like my driver's ed training. What would it have been? Almost eight or nine years ago, whatever. Um, like, let me find out who has the right away in this situation. 
boom, confirmed it. That was a quick search, and I'm so stoked that I was right on uh, what I remembered from so long ago. Um, it has to do with the right away um, when it comes to stop signs. So um, first rule that pops up, of course, the first vehicle to arrive takes the right away. I think we all know that. I, I hope we all know that and are all practicing that because that makes sense. If you're there first, you go first, keeps the flow of traffic moving. The second rule that pops up is the one that I think so many people forget. And if you've forgotten, that's okay. But, you know, my brain has remembered this and every time someone forgets it when they're driving, it drives me so bonkers. Um, always yield to the right. So like if two people come up to a stop sign, like a four-way stop sign, they come up, whoever is considered to be on the right would have the right away. So that also applies with like not a four-way stop sign. That's just like in general in stop signs, if, if they're there, whoever would be on the right would go first. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I uh, I was in this exact situation, pulled up at the exact same time as this other driver, and I went, I, I just went, I was like, I got the right away, I'm going, they <laughs> lost their mind, and were like, throwing up their hands, and they looked so upset, and I was like, I felt kind of bad, because I was like, I'm not trying to bum anyone out, but also, I'm not like, trying to not follow like, the right-of-way rules, because that's what like, keeps the world spinning in a good way, like, I think if, you know, some of these right-of-way rules were like, fully observed we could like help a lot of traffic not exist this one you know maybe it's not the most crucial thing but it happens and like it makes no sense why like we sit there and like you know maybe the person who has the right away thinks that they're being nice oh my goodness oh my goodness this is another good one i think it happened yesterday too um uh i came up to a t intersection okay um i'm coming out of like this inlet and it has a stop sign so I clearly do not have the right away from this this cross street that has no stop signs. And I'm sitting at the stop sign and I'm waiting. Cars are going. Eventually, a car stops for me. And like someone is behind them and they stop. And this actually has happened multiple times in, on my commute in this the same spot. And I'm I'm a man of principle. Um I've learned a lot about like maybe, you know, being a little more flexible with my principle, but for this, like, I've had people think that they're being nice and they're like, oh, like, you can go and they they hand gesture me on and I've rolled down my window and I'll just mouth to them and point at the stop sign. I'm like, I have a stop sign. I have a stop sign and I will not go. I don't care if they're, like, waiting for me to go to be the nicest person ever. I think there are these rules and these principles of driving that, like, need to be observed <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm so stoked that that person is just trying to be nice, but... Don't be nice at the expense of people behind you and don't be nice to the expense of the, the, the traffic laws not working how they should. Because I think, again, we could probably avoid a lot of traffic if uh, everyone's on the same page. You know, this actually reminds me. Um, my grandpa, uh, we called him Poppy. Uh, he's my proving grandfather. Uh, he had this idea and uh, who knows if it'll ever be a thing, but uh, uh, he, uh, he used to tell me, he also was a very uh, similar tempered person, I think, especially with driving, uh, maybe even a shorter tempered person from what I remember when I was younger and he was uh, still around. But um, he had this idea that cars uh, would be self-driving. I think everyone kind of knew that was coming around and uh, with cars nowadays getting there. Um, but you kind of would like input where you're going. And when it came to the freeway is where his idea would kind of kick in. 
is that cars would basically be magnetized to each other, <laughs> like straight up, like bumper to bumper magnetized. And when you had to like, you know, transfer lanes or anything, it would just like, your car would know, oh, let me like turn off the magnets and move on over and I'll just like exit you from the freeway or whatever. And I, that's one of those things, again, I can't forget, but um, it exists in my mind forever. I don't know if it'll ever actually be a thing. I think self-driving cars that just, you know, don't have to be bumper to bumper are probably the the way of the future, but uh, that's always in my mind. Um, but uh, man, traffic etiquette, I think it's one of those things that uh, makes the world go round and sometimes it makes the world go round the wrong way because people forget about it. And uh, um, I'm going to for that reason, uh, read off kind of the rest of these here. Uh, the, the third rule that it takes, uh, takes the list of, uh, four, I guess there's just four things for this, uh, four way stop, stop sign thing. Um, straight traffic takes the right of way over turning traffic that checks out. So like if I have to, we both stop, it's even at the same time. If I'm going straight, the other person would wait. I think, uh, that's a pretty well observed one. Um, like I said, I've been driving for a number of years and I think, uh, that's not one I run into frustrations with. Um, this next one says right turns, take the right away. I feel like that's similar. I feel like the, the right turn and the, the straightaway kind of line up with one another. And so seeing like where this, 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 a uh, diagram, actually, you know, I'm gonna throw it out there. Topdriver.com. Thank you for uh, these diagrams and these explanations because, uh, I would not be reading your website if you had not made it. Um, but, uh, the straightaway and the, the right turn are pr pretty similar when it comes to the right away rules, I think, especially against the left turn. Um, I kind of wish, let me see, I'm gonna look around on this website a little bit more, see if I find anything else. Ooh, I found a good list here. So, um, still on topdriver.com driving with limited visibility, what you can do to avoid a crash. So, um, on this list here, uh, are just a number of things. I'll kind of go through them cause it's pretty short explanations and whatnot. But the first one is dirty windows clean before starting a trip inside and outside, clean the windshield washer, keep the windshield washer fluid reservoir full. So, uh, I don't know why. Um, I actually, I live, or I've, I've lived in like the same five mile radius, um, for like the past 23 years, I've grown up here and until the last six months where I moved into this new place, um, I haven't really had to deal with this, but where I live now is so dusty. I have no clue why it just dirt gets kicked up randomly in like our gutters. It'll be like just a pile of dirt, like dried dirt, not even like mud, but just like dried dirt out of nowhere. And my car gets so dusty. I got it nice and clean. Um, and one of those washers, they do like the inside outside. It was beautiful and immaculate, but, um, for whatever reason, my car gets so dusty. My mirrors and windows get so difficult to see through. And like, it drives me insane. Um, it's even worse because I'm such a lazy person. Like I know that like, if I just grab like a nice towel or something and just clean that off, like it's not going to be that difficult, but I just don't do it. And then I'm like, oh man, I got to do that. Also the memory portion strikes because I'm like, oh, I need to remember to do that when I get home. I don't. And I don't remember to do it the next day. And then I forget forever. Um, but the next one, 
objects inside vehicle that creates blind spots. Keep cargo and other objects low. Hang clothes in rear on driver's side. That checks out. You want to have good visibility. This reminds me, um, I mentioned a dog last time. I realized I didn't name him. My dog's name is Bentley. Um, in fact, his full name is Bentley Buchanan Barnes Dishno. Um, we call him Bunky um, because he just bunks around and he's just a, a wild dog. He's an absolute mutt. Uh, probably post a picture of him or something like that. So people are like, oh, that's the dog. Um, when we take him driving, he loves to stand as tall as he can, like right on the center console. So like he'll lean his head forward too and kind of like look out the front window, but he's blocking my right mirror and like my entire right side. So he gets on my nerves so much and I'm like, dog, I just need to see, like, I just, I need to be able to see outside so I can make turns and I can, you know, switch lanes and, and do what I got to do. But, uh, he just does it. Um, I will say he's, he's really responsive to me. So like, if I'm like back, he knows that command that means get back before I break check you just kidding. But, um, it means get back, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll run back. He'll look out the window and like one of the rear windows and then come right back up front. But, um, that that's what I think of, uh, you know, keeping objects inside vehicle, uh, to not create blind spots. Number three, froster ice on windows, use defroster before beginning trip. Wow. This is crazy. If you have frost on your windows, you should use your defroster. I, I actually never thought of that. Um, that's a crazy invention. Someone was like, Hey, there's frost. Let's use defroster. I think, uh, this actually opens up a really, really awesome train of thought for absolutely everything else in our entire lives. You know, if there is something bad, just get a D bad that thing. I think, uh, I'd love to, uh, see what kind of things you guys experience that would be considered bad and see if we can just create a D bad that thing. Um, I think one that is right off the top of my head, um, tired. I get tired sometimes. Can I get a D tireder? That's, that's not great. I will say I'm tired right now, but the coffee is keeping me going at hundred. Number four, fog, rain, blowing snow. Hmm. Wait in a safe area for conditions to improve, reduce your speed, increase your following distance, use your headlights or hazard lights. If speed is more than 15 miles, uh, Use your headlights or hazard lights if speed is more than 15 miles below posted limit. That checks out. Um, I'm going to throw it out now because uh, I just remembered, ironically enough. But um, as I have mentioned a lot in this episode, I have an awful memory. I genuinely will not remember the things that I say in some of these episodes. And so I might repeat myself and share stories over and over again um, for posterity, maybe. I don't even know. Um, but uh, I might just repeat myself quite often and share the same thing. I do have a list of things that like are the topics. So I hope I don't repeat topics because I'm going to keep track of things that I've talked about. But, um, this reminds me of a story. So one time we were coming back from Zion, uh, over in Utah. And, uh, I will say I do love Zion. It's my favorite national park. If you have not been, you should go be there. Um, it's a super awesome place and it's super beautiful. And, uh, I actually grew up kind of like going camping there almost like twice a year, all through high school. It was really cool. Um, just a small group of homeschoolers who would uh, go on out. Uh, shout out to all you guys if you ever listen to this. Uh, Zion. Um, we were driving back one time. As This wasn't with that group. It was later and I was actually driving. Uh, it was a trip with my family. Um, 
it was like i don't even know what state we were in at that point probably like the further parts of california but this just insane like torrential downpour came through it was on like one of those uh two lane highways um where there's two lanes going one way and two lanes going the other way i'll admit i don't know if that's considered a two lane or a four lane but um two lanes going one way and like it was the point where like we're on this like flatland and it's starting to like flood because of how much rain is coming down you can barely see in front of you we're probably going like 10 miles an hour just cruising and it was like one of those things where like we just kind of slowed down and waited long enough until we could see which links back to driving with limited visibility and we avoided a crash so this is a pretty solid list so far i would rate this list um highly number five on this list standing water sprayed onto windshield standing water sprayed onto windshield try to anticipate stay calm hold wheel firmly avoid braking i understand okay okay so there's a puddle i don't know if standing water just like is the common term for puddle but i've i've never referred to a puddle as standing water um if you have why do you do that um i think a puddle makes more sense um but that's just because that's what the locals say and i'm a local um this reminds me of another driving story Man, I did not really think that this was going to take a turn of just driving stories, but I think it's one of those things that a lot of us can relate to. So if you relate, this is for you. Um, it's actually uh, when the Star Wars movie Rogue One came out, I went out, uh, dude, where was it? It's like way out on the IE for no reason. Um, uh, actually, saw with family. That's what it was. Um, went out there with a friend, drove out there. This is when I still had my beautiful my van um it was a 92 dodge grand caravan fantastic car i went out there with my buddy greg and on the way home it was just like raining just like out of nowhere just like pouring down and uh <laughs> i don't know the roads that i'm on um way out there and like even the highways were like dark like the the street lights and the highway lights weren't like very bright anywhere and i just remember like <laughs> that car it was fantastic and i i love that car um so much but it was for sure sketchy driving in like rain because like it just handled particularly. Um, I, I so vividly remember driving and like sitting so far up just so I could see out the front. And then like there was this moment that I came beside like a big rig and it just like blasted water. And I was like, oh, and like it freaked me out for sure. I was like, oh, we're totally going to crash. And like, man, that was that was quite a time. Um to get hit by some standing water that was sprayed onto a windshield. Um, number six, snow on vehicle. Clear all snow and ice from windows, lights, mirrors, hood, and roof. I've been to snow. I haven't driven in snow much. I think I've been in snow that needed like chains on tires a handful of times. Um, but I've never driven with chains on my tires to really encounter this. So, I have to admit, um, I don't have a good story for this. Um, number seven, low light night driving. Use headlights, reduce speed, dim dash lights. Oh, okay. Um, that uh, checks out. Yeah, I think uh, if it's dark, you should use lights. Um, I think that's what they're there for. You know what? When did headlights get invented throwing this out there 
I don't think I've spelt a word correctly in years. Um, autocorrect is great. And even when Google knows what I'm trying to say, um, I never spell correctly. Um, if you were listening last time, you also know I never proofread. So like I have a really hard time conveying what it's on my mind. Um, the first electric headlamps though were introduced in 1898 on the Columbia electric car from the electric vehicle company of Hartford, Connecticut and were optional. (laughs) So, Hey, maybe this list is more directed towards folks who thought, uh, you know what? I don't need lights. Well, it was probably pretty difficult to see back in 1898. So, um, you know what you, uh, should use your lights according to topdriver.com. Number eight shadows increase scanning, reduce speed. This is so ominous. I'm sorry. Number eight is just shadows. What? I, I'm where? Where are these shadows? Is it increase scanning but reduce speed? Okay, so I got to slow down and I got to look around more often. I mean, that makes sense in general for driving. I'm just trying to uh, get it in my mind. Like, where are these shadows that I'm watching out for? Do they mean like shadows in the car that like make me look around are they you know the shadows of my past mistakes the shadows of regret the shadows of a tree that uh i can't see under and for whatever reason i'm i'm driving through and i i'm also not using my lights i think uh i've never quite had shadows really bother me when driving so i'll move on to number nine bright sun slash glare Use sunglasses and visor. Oh man, this is relatable. Um, Every time I'm cruising up the five, uh, there's a few spots, like I'll be heading up to Disneyland and the glare hits so bad around like five to seven o'clock or so um, in the summer right now. And it's so hard to see. Um, I'm also, I have glasses, like prescription glasses I got to wear and I haven't committed to getting like prescription sunglasses um and i talk about it all the time i'm like to my wife i'm like hey zangie i'm gonna get uh, some of these uh sunglasses that are prescription finally and i never do it i just i forget and i just don't do it but um i definitely like should because i can't quite drive without glasses um you know without not seeing everything super clearly um but uh i use my visor a lot and that helps as much as it can but i think this this advice from topdriver.com here for using sunglasses is fantastic number 10 the final one wow i feel like a changed person after reading this um oversized vehicles that's the header on number 10 just just oversized vehicles it says maintain cushion of safety increase following distance approach carefully interesting um i have a thought on oversized vehicles when it comes to the following distance of them And I don't know if it's rooted in anything true or just rooted in the fact that I think uh, it makes sense. A big rig takes longer to slow down than my little Honda. I'm pretty sure that's like scientific fact because the big rig um, weighs more and it would then need more, it would take a longer distance for it to stop than my Honda would. And so honestly, I kind of feel the safest closer to big rigs not like you know by choice i I would of course keep a good safe following distance but if i'm gonna tailgate a car it's gonna probably be a huge one that would definitely take longer to slow down than i would 
Um, but I have to admit, I don't really quite tailgate or anything like that. Cause I'm, I'm a, not a crazy driver or nothing, uh, who thinks I'm like racing for family and all that stuff. But wow, this was a pretty awesome list. I think, uh, there's a lot of good things in there that I hadn't thought of before. I have to admit, I, I did not think I was going to be re reviewing anything. Um, I've never heard of top driver. I think they got some solid stuff here. Um, even another list, they got adult driver education at top driver. Wow. They got it all. If you guys uh, need anything from them, I'd hit them up. They uh, they got some pretty sweet stuff here. But uh, if you don't, then also actually don't. Um, you might not need it. They got a pretty solid website, though. So uh, there's that. Um, thanks for listening. I think that's a, that's a, good, a good amount of uh, things about traffic etiquette. From here... I do want to transition over to a segment I'm very excited about. And in fact, uh, to set the tone here, I hope that you listen to this at night. And if you're not, that's totally okay. You might even consider pausing it because we're going to go into story time. Welcome to story time. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. And uh, the first book I'm going to read, um, I have no clue if there's rules on this. If anyone knows if there's rules, please hit me up. I hope I don't uh, have to like, you know, do anything before like reading someone else's book because I have this book here that I'm really excited um, to share and I've never read it before, but I want to experience it for the first time um, along with you guys. Um, it's called Saying Goodbye to Grandma by Jane Resch Thomas illustrated by Marsha Sewell. I think uh, it, it grabbed my eye. I, I want to do story time in a way that is relaxing and also like just experience something together. Um, as I'm like opening up this book, it's it's got some nice, nice illustrations. Good job, Marsha. Um, and it's very like the illustrations kind of like pastel-y. They're not super... Um, uh, what's the word detailed it's kind of like very general it's definitely a children's book and i think that's that's a what grabbed my eye from it because um although i've been reading for so long um i like to read simple things um i don't know how long we're going to make it into this book but uh if you're one of the folks who are uh, listening to this as you head to bed enjoy and whenever you fall asleep i hope you have a good night if you're reading this in the middle of the day I hope that this sets you up for success. But here we go. Saying goodbye to grandma. Again, by Jane Resch Thomas. Jane Resch Thomas, I only mean respect. Um, I've never read your book. If I stop through the middle, uh, that's that. I'm going to try to read the whole thing. If you hang in there the whole time, respect. Page one. The day that grandma died. We drove all afternoon and half the night going back to the place where mom and dad grew up. I sat in the back and wondered what happens at a funeral while mom told stories about grandma in the dark. Remember, Susie, the time grandma trapped a raccoon in the garbage can? Mom asked, wiping her eyes. No, that would have been five or six years ago when you were a baby. Oh, wait, that's the mom's voice. Sorry, I'm not going to be great at this because I never read this book, but uh, that was also the mom saying it. <clears throat> mom looked out the window for a minute 
before she talked again. Grandma said, That raccoon dumps the garbage faster than I can clean it up. But she let him go when she saw his little face peeking out through a crack underneath the lid. If you can't beat him, join him, Grandma said. So she bought a garbage can with a latch, and she served the rascal a special plate of table scraps every night. Hmm. Mom blew her nose and turned in her seat to look at me. Remember, the apple pies lined up on the cupboard? The jaws of peaches Grandma canned in the hottest days of August. I can't do a little girl voice super well, but this is uh, the alleged Susie talking. I remember when... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try that one again. I I think we could get a good good go with that. I'm sorry if you're falling asleep, but I kind of highly doubt anyone's listening to this as they fall asleep. I remember when Grandma taught me to embroider, I said. She never minded if I didn't sew straight lines. I fell asleep hungry, thinking about Grandma's apple pies. Mm. When I woke up, I was in bed between my dad and mom. I picked Dad's eyes open with my fingers. But they were white inside. He was still asleep. Sorry, that's that's an interesting thing. Um, I feel like that's very real. Um, I feel like people with kids could probably hear that and probably relate. I never really thought of that. Um, your kid pulling your eyes open. Um, it hasn't quite said how old Susie is, but that's an experience. <clears throat> the bathroom in the motel was fancier than ours at home, with gold faucets on the sink and eight white towels folded in a stack. For breakfast, Dad and I had pancakes and eggs and orange juice. Mom couldn't eat her French toast, so we ate that too. Mom's taking this hard. We drove all day again before we got to Grandpa's house. Everybody met us in the yard. Mom and Grandpa hugged and cried. Aunt Judy hugged me and her face was wet. Look how much you've grown since the last time, said Uncle Dick, measuring me against his side but the cousins were still all bigger than me. When they ran out to play, I went in the house with mom and dad. Hmm. I will say even in the image, uh, it's kind of hard to tell exactly how old Susie is. Um, If she's not quite old enough to play with the bigger kids, I'm gonna estimate she's somewhere between five and eight. That's what it kind of looks like. Mom put on her jeans and helped Aunt Betty and Aunt Judy cook the chicken, laughing because they were in each other's way. Uncle Jim and I set the table. I looked around the corner for Grandma, and in her flowered apron, even though I knew she wasn't there. I'm going to reread that sentence because I could do better. I looked around the corner for Grandma in her flowered apron, even though I knew she wasn't there. The grown-ups picked at their food at supper time. Grandpa took just one bite of bread, then he folded his napkin and put it on his plate. The kids ate all the drumsticks, but none of us talked very much. After supper, we went outside for a game of kick the can. My cousins were calling, Ollie Ollie Oxen Freedom, in the evening stillness. Their cries echoed across the lake, 
Read them. Eat them. I saw Grandpa standing at the end of the dock, with one hand on a post and the other in his pocket. I stood beside him, and he took my hand. We didn't say a word until the sun had finished going down. Grandma liked to watch the sunset, he said. Oh, Grandpa's talking. Grandma liked to watch the sunset, said Grandpa. She used to sit in the chair there and cast for bass in the evening. She couldn't catch them, all right. And she could cook them so they'd melt on your tongue before you had a chance to chew. He handed me Grandma's spinning rod that she had left leaning against her chair, besides Grandpa's own, the last time she fished. A small shiny lure was hooked in one of the eyelets. She cast till the light was gone. Grandpa's lure would make a little plop far away from shore. Mine always splashed right near the dock. It's in the wrist. Dang it. It's in the wrist, Grandpa said. Neither of us had a bite. That night, my cousin Nathan and I slept foot to foot on the couch. Jason and Matthew and Brent and Rachel lined up their sleeping bags and pillows on the living room floor. They were whispering, but Nathan and I were too tired to whisper back. When I woke up, the moon was shining, shining so bright on the water that I could see everything in the room. Ra Rachel's eyes were open, too. We listened. I wonder if this is the same Rachel from The Bachelorette. Um, interesting. We listened to the water lapping on the sand and slapping against the back of the boat. A bird or something I never heard before was chucking in the yard. And in the next room, in Grandma and Grandpa's room, somebody was crying. Rachel opened up her sleeping bag and made a place for me. She put her arm around my shoulder. We lay awake together for a long time, listening to Grandpa cry. Oh, chapter two. Wow. Oh, this is a good size book. I think I'm going to finish it out. Uh, if this is one of the longer podcasts, that's okay, because feeling like this is a pretty solid book and I, I want to finish it for you guys and for myself we went swimming in the morning before the grown-ups woke that does not seem safe um dad rushed out barefoot in pajamas and hollered <laughs> so dad hollered everybody out of the water till the lifeguard hunts on a swimsuit the lifeguard hunts on a swimsuit hmm. i've never heard that term but I'll take it. We waited on the dock, shivering. The door slammed shut, and Dad ran right into the water with his pajama pants on. I couldn't find a suit, he said when he came up for air. Mom fussed around Grandpa at the breakfast table, offering him food. Have some eggs and bacon, Daddy, or at least a glass of milk. I never heard her call him that before. Grandpa fussed over his grown-up children, Mom and Uncle Dick and Aunt Betty. Have some berries and some toast, he said. You'll find some cereal in the cupboard there, my boy. The kids were all so hungry from swimming that we ate everything left over. He played on the beach all day. Sorry, we played on the beach all day. So Rachel's hair and mine was still damp when we drove into town to say goodbye to Grandma. I didn't want to go. I was afraid she'd be so changed I wouldn't know her.
I'm just realizing grandma's still alive. I forgot what grandma looked like, I told my mom. She showed me the snapshot she carried in her wallet, the one of grandma holding up five pound fish she caught once. It's hard to remember, isn't it, said mom, when we live so far away. I squeezed hands with mom and dad. When we went inside the funeral home, it smelt like mom's closet the time she dropped her perfume, or like a flower shop. The place looked something like a house, with chairs and couches against every wall. Alright, I'm realizing Grandma is not alive, but it is an open casket funeral as it seems. Let's continue. Grandma was lying in a big brown coffin at the end of the long room with flowers all around. The cover was lifted back. Everybody waited while Grandpa stood alone, with his hand on Grandma's. I went up and took his other hand. Mom and Dad came closer, too. That was her favorite dress, said Grandpa. He wiped his eyes with his handkerchief. I remember when she made it. She was wearing the pink dress she she sewed last summer when I stayed with her. I tried not to look at her face, but I couldn't help it. There was powder on her cheeks, more than she usually wore, and her eyes were shut. She looked the same as always, like she was sleeping on a big soft satin pillow. Can I touch her? I asked Grandpa. He nodded, and I touched Grandma's hand, wishing I could wake her up. I wished that she would turn and smile and hold me the way she used to. Her hand was so cold. After a while, friends came to visit with my family and say goodbye to Grandma. Her next-door neighbors, Allie, was there dressed up in her Sunday clothes with ruffles on her collar and a big black purse. Grandma's friend Virgil stayed at Grandpa's side. He hardly talked at all, but he stayed close. A woman with red hair squinted her eyes and asked my mom, Are you Will's sister? This young thing is my sister, said Grandpa, putting his arm around Mom's waist. Her eyes must be going bad, Mabel. You remember our beautiful youngest daughter, Anne? I understand. This is... um, The woman is... Grandpa's brother. Uh, Grandpa's sister. Everybody talked in quiet voices. There was nothing much for kids to do. I looked around and saw that Brent and Nathan and Matthew were gone. Jason and Rachel had disappeared too, so I went looking for them. In a dark room at the bottom of the stairs, I heard whispering. I opened the door a little bit and saw Rachel in the light from the hall, crouched behind the casket like one that Grandma lay in. Don't be scared, Rachel whispered, as she pulled me into the room and closed the door, leaving only a long, skinny crack of light. They're all empty. We checked. Matthew switched on the light. We're playing capture the flag with my shoe, he said. All around the room, there were empty caskets, some copper-colored, some small and white, all of them high on carts with wheels. I'm it, said Brent. You have to sneak up and take the shoe without me catching you. He put it in the middle of the floor and turned off the light. I'm going to hide inside a coffin, Jason whispered. If you do, said Rachel, 
I'll shut the lid. We played for a long time before the door opened and Mom looked inside. Susie? She said to me. I didn't answer. Nobody did. I know you're in there, she said. I heard you whispering. Mom switched on the light and looked around at all the coffins and all the cousins in their hiding places. I thought that she would scold us, but she smiled and put her arm around my shoulder and kissed Nathan on the cheek. I'm glad you found a quiet place to let off some steam, she said. Oh, I'm glad you found a quiet place to let off some steam, she said. The visiting is over now. It's time to go back to Grandma's house and rest. In the morning, everybody woke up and dressed in good clothes for the funeral. I went into Grandma's closet to put my face among the dresses that smelled of her cologne. I cried and cried. I couldn't hear my family talking, but I was so quiet. Nobody missed me until it was time to leave. I heard them all go out. Doors slammed and cars drove away. I thought they had forgotten about me. Then Dad and Mom came back to the house. I heard them call my name. Susie! Susie! I didn't answer, but Dad found me anyways. He sat on the floor and held me in his arms, and his voice was husky when he talked. You don't want to go, I guess. If we don't have the funeral, I said, maybe Grandma will come back. We all want that to be true, said Dad. But Grandma's gone. Nothing we can do can change that. Mom and I are going to the funeral, but you don't have to go. Tanya Baxter said that you can help her at her store. Mom held me all the way to town. What will it be like? I asked. There will be music, Mom said, and prayers and friends, and we will all go with the casket to the cemetery. I could hear her heart beating in her chest and felt good, felt glad she was alive. I decided to go to the funeral with mom and dad. Grandma's casket was already in the front of the church when we went in. The cover was shut. Allie was playing hymns on the organ. Grandpa made room for us behind him near the end of the bench. The minister talked for a long time. Mary brought food and washed our clothes. Oh, wait. The minister talked for a long time. Mary brought food and washed our clothes when our son was ill, he said. Everybody here remembers Mary's kindness, he pointed at the orange and yellow flowers on the altar. These day lilies came from Mary's garden. She brought bouquets every Sunday morning all summer long. If she could have done it, she would have gathered the flowers for her own funeral. Mary always liked to help. I looked around and saw that everybody was crying, even the people who weren't making any noise. It's a good thing Mom brought extra hankies. We all stood up to sing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, Grandma's favorite hymn. Then we waited, hushed, while men in dark suits put the casket in a big car and drove it down the street. At the cemetery, we all stood on the grass holding on to each other, while the minister said more prayers. I looked around at all the bowed heads. Tears streamed down Grandpa's face. Grandpa, who never cried, was crying every day. I was afraid that he would fall. 
But Uncle Dick and Virgil put each put an arm around his back. I wish the birds would stop singing for a while. All the cousins were quiet there in the cemetery, even Jason and Rachel. Were they particularly loud? Um, the minister gave everybody a pink rose from the flowers on Grandma's casket. We left her there in the sun on the side of the hill under tall oak trees. As we walked in the cars, I kept looking back, wondering who would lower the casket into the ground. I didn't want to leave my grandma there. Chapter 3 We drove back to the church for dinner. Grandma's friends had covered a long white table in the basement with plates of food. Help yourself, honey, said Allie, handing me a stiff paper plate. I was first in line. The ladies had made the table beautiful, with flowers and pretty dishes, all the food arranged just right. Allie followed along, offering me food. There was more than I could eat. Ham and a big rolls to put it on, and relish, and mayonnaise, and sliced tomatoes, and lettuce, and mustard. Macaroni and cheese, and scalloped potatoes. All three kinds of jello salad and with whipped cream on top. Potato salad. Pardon, not all three kinds of jello. I realized there's more. And three kinds of jello salad with whipped cream on top, potato salad and coleslaw and carrot sticks. There was coffee for the grown-ups and milk for the kids. And for dessert, brownies, cherries, and apple pie. And angel food cake with strawberry topping. My plate was so full, it bent. People in the crowd were laughing now. Grandpa took his head, uh, shook his head when Uncle Dick offered him a sandwich, but he sipped a cup of tea. Jason and Brent dodged behind the table and begged Allie for a sandwich so they wouldn't starve to death waiting in line. Growing boys need special service, she said, and gave them two sandwiches apiece. They ate in gulps and then played tag at the edge of the meeting room. Let's go fishing in a couple of days, Will, said Virgil. Maybe we could go in your boat. I always like to watch the best fisherman of the lake work his magic. Grandpa smiled. That sounds nice. My family here are only staying through tomorrow. We'd like to come to dinner, Will, after church on Sunday. Mrs. Dale said. Why, thank you, Ethel, said Grandpa. I'll bring a jar of Mary's peaches. Mom thanked the ladies for feeding us. They were packing up the leftovers so we could take them home with us. We love doing one last thing for Mary, Allie said. Goodness knows she did so much for us. Aunt Judy and Uncle Dick's family left the next morning. I waved goodbye to Nathan, Matthew, and Brent. Nathan stuck out his tongue but then he waved too. In the afternoon, Aunt Betty and Uncle Jim's family went back home. I kissed Rachel goodbye. Jason said he didn't hug girls, but he hugged me anyways. We stayed another night so Grandpa wouldn't be alone in the house. In the morning, before we left, Grandpa made breakfast, scrambled eggs and sausage. This time, he ate too. He thanked me for fishing with him. We had a good time, didn't we, watching the sun go down? He hugged me and held my hand in the, in his hands. Wait. He hugged me and held my face in his hands. You helped me make it through this week, he said. 
Are you coming for a visit again next summer? Mom said maybe I could come on the train in August. Then Grandpa could drive me back and stay a while with us. We traveled all day and half the night and half the day again to get back home. Everybody was quiet the first morning in the car. I watched the cornfields rushing by window, uh, rushing by my window, and wondered whether I had been sad enough. I thought people didn't do anything but cry for weeks when somebody died, I said after a long while. But I had fun sometimes at Grandma's funeral. I had a good time too, Mom said. That's one of the things that funerals are for. We said goodbye to Grandma, and we said hello to our family and friends. Grandma would have enjoyed it more than anyone, said Dad. She loved to gather everybody around and cook a feast. We talked about the dinners Grandma used to cook. I thought about her sitting on the dock to watch the sun go down and cooking the bass she'd caught so they'd melt on her tongue before you had a chance to chew. Then I fell asleep and dreamed about the train to visit Grandpa in a month. We could talk about Grandma and remember the way things used to be. He would teach me fishing and we would learn together how to cook. That was a solid book. I'm glad that I read the whole thing. And uh, if you stuck with me, I hope that you are too. I think uh, it's simple, but relatable. I think uh, bringing up my grandpa and uh, bringing up Poppy, I think it's a, it's a relatable topic. I think it's also, again, in a very simply put way, again, designed to be a children's book. But you know what, Jane Resch Thomas? That was a solid job. Um, for those of you who didn't see Marsha Sewell's illustrations, they were also, they were very nice. They fit the tone of the book. I think if you were to um, look up a few images of like pastel type of uh, children's book images, it might kind of put you in the same realm. Um, and uh, you can kind of visualize together some of the images that they were able to see as we went through the life of uh, young Susie there um, as she experienced uh, her grandma's funeral. Anyways, with that, folks, uh, it's been a real honor to have you guys. Um, that was a lot of fun. And so, you know, thanks for tuning in. Um, the next episode uh, is likely going to be coming out just this next Tuesday here. And I'm really excited to share with what we're going to be talking about. Again, I'm going to be looking to talk about 100 second minutes um, and also the earth slowing down due to the tides. Um, and then the last, uh, the third topic for that episode is up in the air still, um, either between rejecting object permanence or beef fed beef. So I'm really excited to see which one we choose and, uh, what we go into. Thanks again for joining. I hope you have a good rest of your night. Thanks again for listening to Dish Knows Nothing. 
Follow me on Instagram at Dishyman or email me at Dishyman at gmail.com. Hit me up with topics and questions that I can address on the show. Remember to rate and subscribe. It's truly appreciated. Take care and stay grinding.